You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 150 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary. And Mary, we, there should be some kind of music played now. Not should. There must be. There must be music, Don. Woohoo! Episode 150. Look at us. Look at us. Amazing. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us, too. And look, we didn't even have to remember. You knew it was episode 150. Good work, Mary. Yep. I'm really proud. Excellent. This was good. I am too. We have a good topic for episode 150. We do. I like it. Today I am interviewing Joel Field, who is a very smart financial advisor who talks about planning when you want to think about selling your business. And he has some really surprising revelations. And I feel like that's a really good topic for episode 150. Of course it is. Because... We are not exiting our podcast, but let's <laughs> talk about exiting a business. <laughs> I had to a, say it. That was a good segue. <laughs> I liked it. That was very good. Can't help myself. Gosh, think about yeah. how far we've come. I know. You know, okay. I thought the other day about the very first episode <laughs> and I'm like, it's like when you hear people like, oh, I left my first blog post up. It's very embarrassing, but yeah. I left it there because <laughs> I need to remind myself how far I've come. And I'm like, yes, great point. I don't want to listen to the first episode <laughs> when I joined the podcast, but it also shows how far I've come. <laughs> that Same for me. If I went back to episode one, whew, yeah, that would not yeah, be good. Right? I cannot believe I've been creating this podcast for 150 episodes. Yeah, it's amazing. That's it's amazing, right? Really cool. And I'm what? I guess I'm almost at a hundred because I joined yeah. the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Almost. We'll have to celebrate that one too. I'm like I'm doing the math and it's more than three years. Yeah. And you weren't we weren't weekly for a while. Right. So. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like that's a long time. Mm -hmm. Thanks I'm for listening. If you've been listening since the first episode send me an email. That's really cool. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks listeners. We love you. We appreciate it. It's fun. I like to, I, I, I don't remember. Well, we were just talking before we got in here. This is what I was thinking about. We were talking about the new app clubhouse. 
Yes. (laughs) Let's wait and see how dated that sounds. If we listen to this in six months, will Clubhouse still be relevant in six months, in a year? Great question. I, I'm amazed. I feel like, wow, I'm like up on the latest trends because I know what Clubhouse is. I'm telling you, I was in a group text with a number of friends. None of them. Well, one of them runs her own business, so she knew what Clubhouse was, but the other two people on the text do not run their own business and did not have a clue what it was. So I found that really interesting that it seems to be very business to business, even though if you go on the app, you'll see that there is a lot of content that is not business related. Definitely. Yeah. We're going to start a room though. We are. We will. Maybe that's going to be our 150 thread. Um, Are you on Clubhouse? So let us know if you're on Clubhouse. Drop mm-hmm. your handle. We can do a little bit of a follow. We're going to start a room. We're going to talk about all the things. Yeah. It's happening. Or we're just, we're just going to talk about randomness because we are so funny that everyone's <laughs> going to love to listen. <laughs> we could just hop on and just talk, have the conversation that we have prior to hitting record. Although yeah. our our producer, Don, is a big part of that conversation and he is does not have an iPhone, so he cannot join but when they eventually yeah. move to Android, we'll get Don on Clubhouse and have him on the channel. Yeah, sorry, Don. You're a bit left out of this. Uh, the odds sure of getting probably happy about that. Yeah, the odds <laughs> of getting Don on Clubhouse are like <laughs> one to one million. <laughs> and if we do have listeners that do not know what Clubhouse is, it's the latest. I mean, I might butcher this, but it's the latest kind of social platform where it's audio only. So you join these rooms. And you listen to speakers on different topics, but no video, no chat or anything. And you just jump in and listen. And it's not recorded. And it's not recorded. Yes, exactly. Right. So it's interesting. It's kind of like a, almost like a live stream of a podcast in a way. Yeah, I I think it's, I think it has a lot of great potential. Um, I'm curious about it. I think there's a lot of content on there right now. Um, I think it is going to take a significant investment of time to make it the most valuable. And I'm trying to balance whether or not I have that time. Right. Right. Same. But who knows? We're going to start a room. We'll see. Yeah, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Come follow us. Drop your handle so we can follow each other. We'll drop it in in the Facebook group. So, okay. So now we know we're going to follow everyone on Clubhouse. We should circle back to the topic at hand. Yes, I know. I want to talk <laughs> about this. So I actually really love this topic because I find this in my law practice a lot where somebody is selling a business and I ask them a whole bunch of questions and they're like, what? (laughs) So even if it's not a thought in your mind, and I will say that this is why this is such an important topic, because when you hear the amount of time Joel recommends planning prior to an actual business sale, it will be really interesting to you. Um, At minimum, this topic is great because it gives you a bit of a foundation and some really good information about what you should be thinking about in your business and whether or not you want to sell what your end game is. For some people, sales isn't it. There's some other way that they want to exit their business. But for a lot of people, I think selling the business is the ultimate end game. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, maybe it also depends what type of business they have to begin with. But um, or, you know, something I've thought about before is like, Even if just for a lot of entrepreneurs, you kind of start your business and you think, oh, this is my baby, you know, and you like grow it and grow it. And it's maybe sometimes hard to let go of, but your interests change and you want to do something else. So that could even be another reason to want to go do something else, in which case it's better to be prepared before you just up and decide that, you know? 
Yeah, he talks about that too. So I think that that is, um, it's helpful. Let me give you a little bit of background about Joel and then we can hop right into the interview because I think it's going to be some really helpful information. Joel founded Field Financial Strategies, a boutique financial practice out of an overarching desire to help empower clients to confidently pursue their goals without worry about finances. He specializes in comprehensive financial strategies for business owners, executives, and professionals in the areas of business exit planning, business continuity, and key employee planning, retirement and investment planning, estate planning, and insurance planning. Joel earned a bachelor's degree in business administration from the University of Louisville in 2004 and a master's of divinity from Cincinnati Christian University in 2007. He currently serves as chairman of the board of the Family Center in Brooklyn, New York, and lives in New York City with his husband. And now on to the episode. I am very excited to announce the launch of the UnBusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of classes, we've created a series of mini classes on the following topics, business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and terms and conditions and privacy. Whether you are a designer, developer, creator, or you own your own brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We've capped all videos at 20 minutes to make sure we get the most important subjects without all of the unnecessary legal jargon. You can choose the mini class you want, or you can buy a bundle and make a masterclass. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you'll be empowered to make decisions and will know when you need to ask for help. For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. I am so excited to be here today with my friend, Joel Field. Welcome to the show, Joel. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, super excited to be here as well. Such a great topic for today and, and really honored that you've asked me to join. Yeah. So Joel and I have known each other for a while and we were having a conversation sort of outside of anything related to the podcast. And he mentioned one of his areas of expertise, which I'm going to let Joel get into. And I thought, this is so perfect for the podcast. So thank you for joining us. Please introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are. Absolutely. Well, my name is Joel Field. Uh, I am a certified financial planner. And uh, I'll start with a little bit of the personal side before we get into the, the business and shop talk side. But essentially, I'm a Midwesterner who now lives on the East Coast. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I attended college in Louisville, Kentucky. I get questions all the time about the weird area code on my cell phone number because I got my cell phone when I was in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, as far as personal hobbies outside of work, since all of us do actually have a, a life outside of work, um, something most people find pretty interesting about me is that I actually have a fairly powerful creative streak. Um, some of my favorite hobbies are painting and gardening. And those are when I have the time. Uh, things I enjoy doing in addition to reading and volunteering and traveling and, and, um, and of course working like most of us probably tuning in today. I think it's helpful to kind of understand some of the conversation that we're going to have today, just to, to understand a little bit about how I approach this conversation with clients. I, I've always had an inner drive to help people, um, in, in some capacity. And, uh, as a result, I obtained a finance degree, my undergrad, and then I did a whole total 180 
degree pivot. And you might not actually know this, Jamie, but I went to seminary and obtained a master's in divinity degree. I um, did not know this. <laughs> I couldn't remember if we had ever gotten into that. So, you know, when I think about what I do now, it's it's uh, the flip side of the coin of what I was hoping to do then. Originally, I was planning on entering the clergy to help people in in a spiritual sense. Um, but near the end of seminary, I decided to help people in, you know, perhaps a more practical sense uh, and circle back around to my other career interest, which was finance. And I, I wouldn't be here. I, I am in no way going to claim that I've got it all figured out. I would not be here where I am today meeting with you if others hadn't made themselves available to really shepherd me and and coach me at critical stages in my life. And uh, again, still personally, that's that's why I'm passionate about giving back and helping. As a result, I volunteer pretty extensively with my local congregation. And I also serve as the chairman of the board for an incredible organization named the Family Center. It's based in Brooklyn, New York. It serves families that are in a crisis situation in New York City. It's the only organization in New York City that serves all five boroughs and serves each member of the family with comprehensive, holistic, and end-to-end services. So it's truly an incredible organization. So following up on the helping side of things, um, you know, my my business, um, the conversation that we'll probably get into in a little bit, Field Financial Strategies uh, is a boutique financial planning practice. Uh, it is independently owned, independently owned and operated by me. I'm the business owner. We really strive to serve our clients with a comprehensive approach to financial planning and business planning that puts uh, our clients' interests first. And um, in order to do that and serve our clients to the best of our abilities, we truly value independence and the freedom that that gives us to represent our clients as an independently owned business. I am affiliated with Eagle Strategies and New York Life and strategically able to leverage their resources as appropriate. But essentially, that gives us a whole basket of tools that a small boutique practice would not have otherwise. And and on top of that, we're able to connect our clients with solutions and resources of some of the nation's major investment and insurance firms. Again, really, that enables us to remain boutique and focused on our clients while having um, the capabilities of some of these um, significant corporations. Well, I love what you're doing. And I loved the background because it's it's so nice to get context and to hear like why you do what you do, because I think it what makes you great at what you do. So that I was cool. That. Sometimes yeah. I worry about uh, being a little wordy. So <laughs> no, no, I love it. I really do. I think getting to know our guests is something that our listeners love because it's just nice to know who we're listening to. And so having that context is awesome and I love it. And one of the reasons that I asked you to come on, I mean, we're going to be talking specifically about business planning. Um, even those individuals who are business owners who are thinking about exit strategies, which I thought was such an interesting topic, but I wanted to ask you to do it because this topic can be challenging, much like the legal topics that I talk about, but you approach it in such an easy way that I thought it would really resonate with our audience. And your explanation makes me understand more now. And I know you and I have bonded over our nonprofit work. So I always, um, I love that introduction and how much awesome work that you do outside of your business. So it is so good to have that context. Who are the typical clients that you work with? 
Yeah. So great question. So I am a certified financial planner um, and I and my team at Field Financial Strategies advise highly successful business owners and leading professionals um, and physicians as well. They, they have a more specialty area of business um, around the country on the unique challenges and opportunities that are created by their success. Uh, that can take a myriad of forms, as most everybody tuning in as a business owner is well aware. Uh, it's been an incredible journey. Um, 12 years ago, when I founded my business, almost 13 years ago, um, January's my 13th anniversary, I never expected to have a rapidly growing team. We added two in the middle of the pandemic this year, earlier this year. Um, and it's just, we've been experiencing such significant growth. And I never expected a business that was going to take me from the Midwest, starting in Ohio to New York City. Uh, it has been just an incredible journey. So now my practice, uh, we do have offices in New York City. I have a Midwest office located in Columbus, Ohio, and a professional planning resource in Dallas called the Nautilus Group. And the Nautilus Group is phenomenal. Uh, their resources really assist me in providing some of these sophisticated planning strategies and solutions that are tailored to our clients' needs uh, that you and I discussed that led to today. We work with clients all over the country at this point. Um, the interesting thing about the pandemic, not that, not that there's, I'm not saying it's good by any means, but a silver lining is the fact that it has forced us all to become much more comfortable with um, working with through platforms like Zoom and Skype and remotely rather than it always having to be a face-to-face -face meeting. And I found with my business, part of the challenge in growth was convincing people to have that first Zoom meeting. And once they did, they never went back. But most people had Skyped or FaceTimed with their clients, or excuse me, with their families already, but they had never actually done a business meeting by uh, a remote meeting format. And so this has really lessened that barrier for everybody to really truly find um, someone that they they like and trust and want to work with, uh, regardless of geographic area. And, and it's really enhanced our ability to serve our clients um, by taking that initial roadblock out of the picture. Many of our clients do come to us and have other advisors, whether it's legal counsel or financial professionals or tax planners or a business attorney, a variety of different other advisors all impact all of our lives. We're able to work with them, with our clients and their existing advisors to make sure that their business plans align with their personal picture. That's an often overlooked aspect or, or not a fully explored aspect is maybe a better way of saying it. The one thing I find that all of our clients have in common, though, uh, and I'll be curious to see if you agree, I bet you will, is that they never have enough time to get everything done. Um, and, yep. <laughs> and, and there are important things that we just don't have time to get to. We're always kind of focusing on the most important, most urgent. And, and that's where we really feel we come in. Um, not only do we help review the business and their current situation with it, uh, and craft the plan. But if if the client so desires, we also help implement it. And a critical part of that, it, one of the services that we provide is bringing all of their other advisors that they came to us already having into agreement on the best course of action. So that, you know, what we don't want to have happen is one of our clients be the go-between and try communicating our plan to other professionals where they then have a question or they don't fully understand it and they come back with a slightly different opinion and suddenly the client's caught 
you know, in, in the middle of this tug of war, we really want to bring all the advisors into alignment so that our clients really just able to focus on their lives, their businesses, their families, their hobbies, and, and know that the people that they trust for guidance um, are working together to put them in the best position possible. Yeah, that I I definitely have that same experience because, you know, in my legal practice, often there's accountants, there's lots of different professionals that all sort of need to come together. Um, so it is really important as a business owner that you're the service professionals that you rely on, your consultants are all talking to each other. So I like that you point that out because sometimes I think clients are surprised when I say, yeah, of course I'll talk to your accountant or your financial planner or whoever the the case may be. Yeah, it's important. So those, those conversations are key. So when you think about when a business owner comes to you and they say to you, like, I'm thinking about retirement, I'm thinking about my exit strategy, when I'm going to sell, what are some of the most common mistakes that you encounter when someone starts to have that conversation with you? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, to be perfectly honest, I, some of the common mistakes I encounter with business owners, to be frank, is just not planning soon enough. And, and that takes a variety. So planning with businesses encompasses a whole lot of different stages. And I'm going to I'm going to use an analogy to, to illustrate this. Um, if you think of your own personal, not your business, but your own personal financial picture, it's evolving, right? Think of when you started or when you first graduated college, you were maybe in an entry level job or just trying to start your business or not making um, not making a ton of money, maybe had a significant amount of student you debt. you thought you were making a lot of money. <laughs> well, did. <laughs> you know, At thank first, goodness like, we didn't realize it. dollars salary. You're like, that's the greatest thing that's ever happened. No, thank goodness we didn't realize it at the time. Right. <laughs> um, but, but your picture evolves, you know, eventually, uh, you start coming into stride with your business or your career. Uh, your income has gone up. You maybe have bought a house. Maybe you've gotten married. Potentially there's kids. At some point you start thinking about the future and retiring. Your parents are aging. Are you going to have to care for them? So there's this evolution we go through as individuals in our financial pictures and making sure that we're we're in tune with that in step. Um, and it's similar with businesses. Uh, the needs of a, a newly founded business are very different than a business that has been established and profitable for 10 years. Very different than someone, a business owner who is looking forward to eventually like doing something else one day. And so what I generally find is business owners tend not to start planning soon enough. There are different planning items that need to be addressed to really optimize your situation and put you in the maximum amount of control and give you the most freedom in each of those stages. Uh, specifically you and I kind of zeroed in on the, the exit planning side of things, you know, um, thinking forward to, you know, how do we exit your, your business? What I want to stress is that selling or exiting a business is never as simple as just calling someone you've met and having them write a check. (laughs) People really think it is that simple. It's not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there's a disconnect between, um, we're so wrapped up in, and I'm a business owner too, so I totally understand how the importance of the moment um, can easily take precedence. We're very trained on thinking about our business and strategically growing our business. And who do we need to add staff? Where's the next product line? How do we grow revenue? How do we, you know, so we're, we're trained on those things. But where I find the breakdown is when we start 
thinking about the business owner beyond the business. You know, the ultimate truth is every business owner is ultimately going to lose their business or leave their business, not lose their business, leave their business one way or the other. It's important to think through that. With that being said, we can absolutely help if someone comes to us and is looking to exit their business in the next year or two. There is there is definite planning that can be done to really maximize the value you unlock from the business in terms of being able to sell it um, and able to give yourself assurance that the business is going to continue to be well run after you uh, and so on and so forth. With that said, the impact of starting the planning process seven to 10 years out is huge. Oh, that's interesting. Huge. Uh, we're, we're talking about, uh, I'm working on one case right now that I'm working through with a business owner. Great, great situation. I'm not going to go into too many details, but this person, we just so happened to kind of get into a similar conversation like you and I did, Jamie. And we started talking about, you know, what's next for him. And he has a very successful, very rapidly growing business. And he's starting to think about like, all right, well, five years from now, I'd kind of like to let my foot off the gas pedal and maybe do this aspect of the job that I love and not this aspect that I don't. And, and you know, maybe in 10 years, I kind of like to pivot to something else. Um, and so we got into this conversation of business exit planning. And, and we did we did a number of items, which you and I, I'll get to in a little bit with you later. But essentially, it's the difference between him being able to potentially sell his business for one amount, or if we do strategic planning now, we could potentially get fourfold. Wow. So now that begs the question, what are some of those steps? What do we need to be thinking about? Yeah. So, so there's a lot. Um, there are a lot of steps that we can go through. First and foremost, not everybody needs every step that we could potentially uh, accomplish. So we really start by learning about the business. Uh, and this is very, very important. Um, we really start our conversation by just taking a lot of time, learning a lot about the business and about the owner's goals. And we really, as a result of that, we really seek a thorough understanding of multiple aspects and dynamics related to the business and also seek to understand its value by completing essentially what is an informal valuation. Um, using um, valuation, different valuation standards, what might this business be worth if you wanted to sell it? it, it yeah. Not to interrupt you, but when you value a business, like when we're starting, so let's say I came to you and I said, Joel, I want to sell my business in the next seven to 10 years. And you said, great, let's start this process because you listened to this podcast and you realized, I want to get this done. I want to do this right. When you're valuing my business, and you're looking at what the value is, are you looking at the current value? Are you looking at what potential future value could be? And generally speaking, because valuing businesses is very complex and dealing with a professional for valuing a business is critical. Right. I tell this to clients all the time. But generally speaking, are there specific methods or methodologies that you may think are better or is it very based on business? I just asked you seven compound questions. No, it's good. <laughs> So without going too far down a rabbit hole on this particular topic, um, you're right. There are multiple different ways you can value businesses, and some of them are more appropriate to others. Um, certain certain a service business is probably most likely to be appropriately valued using an income-based model rather than an asset-based model, for example. So there are different ways to do that. And for the purposes of planning, 
we can approximate uh, a pretty good guess. We're, we might not be spot on, but we're going to be right in the ballpark as far as an informal estimate of what this could be worth. So we have a number today to start working with. And then part of planning is projecting forward to what that's going to be down the road. You know, what kind of rates of growth have you typically had? Is the business growing 3% a year, 10% a year, 25% a year? Where do we think it's going to be um, realistically down the road? And that's going to help inform some of what some of the pieces that we do need to do from there. Um, at some point farther down the road, if you're looking at starting to, this is all about creating options is what we're really trying to do. 10 years down the road, you might have an idea of what you want to do, but you might not know you want to you want to sell it to someone else. You want to sell it internally. Maybe you want to pass it on to your kids. You might not know. You might not even want to step out of the work, out of the job and the work you do, but you're going to want to have those options. The planning that we're talking about is really about putting you on the right path. There's the planning that we need to do today creates those options for you um, so that you have freedom of time down the road when you want it so that you are able to if you want to do something that is meaningful to you on a volunteer basis, you have the ability to do that. If you want to sell it to an outside third party, you're able to maximize the value you're going to get from it. If you want to transition it internally, you've got those options. We've got the options. So at some point down the road, you probably will need to engage as you get closer to that goal, uh, a certified valuation accountant to get an official valuation done. But we can we can start with a pretty good estimate. So that's those are usually some of the first steps. And from there, we we review the current situation with the client. And some of this planning that we need to do to create these options down the road and really unlock the, the full value of the business. And some of the things we look at, you know, just to give you, a, you asked me like seven questions. So I'm going to ask you some, some rhetorical questions. But some of the things we work through with a client are questions like, does the client or the business need to secure some key employees or some senior employees and make sure that they stay around? Not just to grow the business, but if someone's wanting to buy it, they're buying the operation. They're not buying your name alone. They're not, the business is not as valuable if they're worried about buying it and everybody exits the picture right away because they don't want to work for a different person. Okay. So how do we ensure that some of them are going to be around? You know, how does our client want to transition the management responsibility of the business over to someone else? Now we don't manage the business for you, but we help you think strategically through some of these things and layer in some of the strategies that are going to be necessary to accomplish some of these things. Do does the business owner want to sell an outside sell to an outside third party or do you have a couple of employees that you really just are like family to you and and you know that they're going to carry on this business which is your baby and um, you want to sell it internally to them. Do you want to turn it over to your family and keep it in keep to your children and keep it within your family? So these are all the kinds of questions that we we ask in order to better understand entering this discussion, what sort of options down the road we kind of should keep open, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's super helpful because these are things I think when you're in the day-to-day to your business, you're just not thinking about. <laughs> you're just Absolutely. Yeah. You're just thinking like, I just, I want to make sure, you know, oh, I'm so excited because revenue's up or I need to make a key, a key hire or I want to take a vacation. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. hundred percent. How am I going to get all this work done before Thanksgiving? Correct. That is what I'm thinking. <laughs> that is so true. So what types of goals should a business owner that wants to ultimately sell their business set? Great question. Uh, so first and foremost, 
you do not have to have it all figured out as far as like when you want to sell it or how you want to sell it. You do not need to have it all figured out, but you do need to start planning in order to have options down the road. Some of the things that you can ask yourself to think through this, and you may not have ever thought of about it, and that's okay. It, it's, it is very rare that a business owner comes into my office and has actually thought through these things. Um, that is not normal, actually. <laughs> so if you have, good for you. Um, but, but for most of us in this meeting, we're, we're focused on growing the business and it, it is certainly a part of your picture, but thinking about for you, what about what after thinking about the business, what about what after, and then how do we make that transition, um, is not something that we generally spend time on. So, you know, some of the questions like, do you want to continue consulting for your business or working part-time in your business at some point, but not full-time or running the show? Do you want to step out of the role of running the operations and into a role that's more focused on your vision or what you love, your passion about the business? Do you want to make sure that you and your family are able to enjoy a secure retirement? Um, I mean, that's that's kind of a cliche discussion because it's kind of what every financial advisor tries to talk to you about, but your business is a huge part of your net worth and your lifestyle is based on your business. And so if we pull the business out of the picture, we need to make sure that the kind of lifestyle you want to have is still possible. Um, so how does this transition impact you personally? And it's a little bit different angle of that same conversation that most people have probably had the, the question thrown at them. So those are some of the, the questions that you can ask as far as your goals. If you have, so one question I like to ask people is about their staff. Do you have an employee that if they quit, you would be in a panic? It's a great question. <laughs> Maybe you would navigate it. I mean, make, we're probably going to get through it, but it might hurt your bottom line a lot, or it might yeah. like triple your workload, or you might not even know everything they're taking care of. So like trying to figure it out is going to be a nightmare. That's what we call in my business, a key employee. Yeah. And, and that is someone that's an easy way to identify someone that is in your business that is critical to keep in your business for you, for your transition plans, and for eventually, if you ever want to sell it to them or someone else or your kids. Um, that is that is a key, critical person. Similarly, do you have some really good employees that are just awesome? Maybe you don't want to lose them and it wouldn't be the end of the world, but they're really good and really important to you. Well, those are really important employees too that are important for you to be able to focus on continuing to grow and expand your business instead of filling the seat. So much also, easier to retain than hire. hundred <laughs> percent. And yeah. so how do we do that? You know, just by identifying that you have some of those people, that means we need to address that. Yeah, that um, makes sense. And, and, and some of the same strategies that we can use to address that do eventually dovetail into some of the business exit planning conversation down the road, because ultimately those are critical for you to keep for your operations. And um, those, those employees are critical for you to keep for your operations. We need to look at options that are beyond just standard. I've got a 401k set up. I offer health insurance. Um, it's not just about, there are strategies of doing this without just giving them a 50% pay raise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, I presume you're talking about, and you definitely can correct me if I'm wrong, but giving them 
And when I say ownership interest, I don't necessarily mean equity, but I just mean they feel like they own a piece of the company. So there's, there is invested. And in the game. So that is certainly one option. Um, absolutely. And, and that's a pretty common option with a lot of the, um, with a lot of startups, um, that are operating under a more traditional startup format. Another option is establishing a, uh, some sort of a non-qualified deferred comp plan for employees. Um, so one strategy is certainly giving some equity or ownership in the business to an employee. Another strategy is creating like a bonus structure. And those are, those are often the first ones that most business owners go to. Um, the thing I love about a non-qualified deferred comp plan is it's a win-win. Um, if you are funding this for your employees, you get to decide how much you get to decide the design. We work through all of those pieces with you and make recommendations, but you're in the driver's seat here. And if they don't meet your goals or don't stay according to the terms that you set up for that plan, then they don't get that money. It is still in the non-qualified deferred comp plan, which you own. That makes and, a lot of sense. And and the best thing about that is if it accomplishes your goals because it entices them to stay, guess what? Your business is able to grow and you're able to focus on the growth. That strategy is one of the conversations. It's not the only go-to, but it's one that I find that is very attractive, but not often thought of first. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Um, I, that's such a, it sounds like such an awesome option, but one where you need an actual professional who knows what they're talking about. So we appreciate the fact (laughs) that you've laid that out. And that is something that if you are, and I always recommend going to consider any of these options, talking to a professional makes a lot of sense. Trying to navigate this stuff by yourself is overwhelming and you're always going to miss something. Yeah. You hundred percent. Look, I'm, I'm not an attorney, Jimmy. I don't, I I know, I know, I don't know. know, And that's the thing. And I don't know what you do. And that's the beauty of it. Why having your professionals all work together too makes so much sense. hundred percent. Thank you so much for joining us. Like you are a wealth of knowledge. You've provided so much good information. Please tell our listeners where they can find you. Sure thing. Well, first of all, thanks for having me here. Um, You are able to reach me. I'll give you my website and the rest of the contact information is on the website. And there's some great information about the services that we provide if if you're interested in learning more. Uh, www.now I'll say it and then I'll spell it out. It's www.fieldfinancialstrategies.com. It's a long name. Uh, So field, F-I-E-L-D, like think of a cornfield. Uh, financial, F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L, and then strategies, the plural of the word, S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-E-S.com. And we'll drop that in the show notes too, so everybody knows where to find you. Sounds great. Thank you again. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for having me here. And and, uh, this has been been great and uh, really appreciate it. You have a good Thanksgiving also. I am very excited to announce the launch of the UnBusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of courses, we have created a series of mini classes on the following topics, business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and privacy. Whether you are a creator, a developer, or you own a brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you will be empowered to make decisions and will know when to ask for help. 
For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. So many great tips, whether or not you're planning to sell your business right now. Yeah, I was really impressed with the information. He said a lot of eye-opening things to me and made me think as well. I like the fact that he talks about the potential for selling not just product-based businesses, but service-based businesses as well. So it's some good stuff. Excellent. Well, we still want to know where where everyone's at with Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to drop a thread, a follow thread in the group. If you are not a member of our Facebook group, you can find us at Fearless Business Podcast HQ. You can also find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. As always, we love reviews. So wherever you listen, please leave us a review. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.